When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Let Me Tell You. Now, here's Joan Hamburg. I'm Joan Hamburg inviting you to join my podcast, Let Me Tell You. And this week, my pal, Jill Rappaport, is coming on. And boy, does she have stories. When I first met Jill, we were all working for CVS TV. And Jill was doing the celebrity beat. And believe me, she talked to everyone from Frank Sinatra to Robert Redford to George Clooney. And they all loved her and they told her everything. And then Jill decided, yes, they were her friends. She loved doing celebrities. She won every award, but her passion was animals and animal rescue. So I'm gonna let Jill tell you her story and share her adventures. It's all part of this week's Let Me Tell You. So make sure you listen till the end. I'm Joan Hamburg. It's catch-up time. And I like to check in with a lot of my pals, find out what they're doing, where they're going, how they're getting through what's gonna be three years. We started on year three of this pandemic. And you know, you've heard it before on the air, a longtime contributor to the Today Show, has done tons of TV, award-winning animal advocate, and a businesswoman too, the one and only Jill Rappaport. So Jill, it's catch-up time, and I always like to check in, how many horses do you have now? I have four, so yes. Uh, yes, I have four horses, and uh, sadly, just three rescue dogs. I lost three during COVID, so mm. it's been a very, very tough time, and I've helped friends get other rescue animals, and Lord knows, Joan, like my addiction to candy, can you imagine when I go into a shelter? Believe me, it's impossible for me not to take them all, but I've been very good in having willpower because I have some super seniors that need all my attention now. Right, it's hard. That's it's right. very hard. We love them. And you're running around with them, too, and doing all kinds of zillions of things. But, you know, I first met Jill Rappaport. I don't even remember what channel we were working channel at in those two. days. We were with CV. I know it's CBS like in the makeup room. That and we all would hang out. And Carol Martin was there. She was one of the lead anchors, and we had a ball. And, and we our all, beloved Michelle Marsh. Right, and we all found friendships. We were all different ages. We all came from different places, and we met in that green room, the makeup room, and. We have been knowing about each other with each other for what? Thirty years, twenty oh, years. Oh yeah, over. Yeah. Remember when Brian Williams came his first day and right. I thought, Oh, he's cute. I wonder if he'll be good at what he does. <laughs> and I remember you thinking, I don't know if he's got it. 
He was just so well, nice. And then he was very, you know, uh, it was luck, funny low because, key. you know, when you first met Brian, that was not the Brian that he is. You know, he has the best sense of humor. The Absolutely funniest hysterical. guy of any truly funny. and a real news guy when you first meet him, right? But funny. Funny, unbelievable. And, yeah, the, you know, you see him. that sense of humor, and it came out, and obviously he did quite well. But when you think about all the people, all the relationships going back over three decades, and, you know, we stayed in touch, that was our stomping grounds. That was the foundation for all of our careers. Right. And the interesting thing is that when we left, we sort of all left at the same time. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's really funny because I started entertainment news in New York with that segment Center Stage. Right. And I'll tell you, it was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. And you and I would talk about this often because I came from PM Magazine where I hosted that show with Matt Lauer and it got canceled. And I was, you know, desperate looking for work in New York thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I had an interview at WCBS, and I said, well, I love celebrities, you know, I'm the happiest sitting right, down you did with it. them, right, finding out about their lives, and I landed a job there, but they put me through, it was like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. I had to bring mm. home the broom, and the broom for me was that Tom Cruise was going to be in town at the time he was married to Mimi Rogers. <laughs> We're talking decades ago, and he was going to be at an art gallery opening, and the news director at the time, Steve Wasserman, he said to me, if you get an interview with Tom Cruise, remember, he was just coming off Top Gun, biggest mm -hmm. star in the world. He said, you've got the job. And I thought, oh, great. You know, I, I, thanks for giving me such an easy assignment. So we go there with the crew. Back then, you know, you had your sound man, your cameraman. Right. There must have been 25 crews lined up outside. Trying to get them. Trying to get him. And uh, he, all of a sudden, he gets out of, you know, the limo with Mimi. The screaming, Tom, Tom, we love you, we love you. He couldn't even hear me. Well, I waited till there was a slight lull, and I said, Tom, you have to give me the interview. My job depends on it. And wouldn't you know, he was such an amazing guy. He said, what? And I said, oh, I won't get this job unless I get this interview. And he gave me the only interview and I got the job. That's right. And then you had a lot more adventures like that. Plus, I have to tell all of you that there wasn't a week that I was now, I think, on the radio. We all did TV, too. But Jill would say, depending on who the boyfriend was, you've <laughs> got to put him on the air. I said, what does he do? It doesn't matter. He's got to be on the air. So and our manager at the time would say, who are these guys? I tell, oh, don't worry about it. They're going to be big stars one day. And oh, and, and, and you would always help me out, Joan. You were such a friend. And I remember I would come back from assignments. I, I, listen, Channel 2 was unbelievable. I had such great assignments there and then went on to the Today Show. But when I look back, and I have my wall of fame, I call it, I had breakfast at Tiffany's with Audrey Hepburn. I sat on a gurney that, with his first interview, mind you, with the Today Show for ER with George Clooney. His very first interview. I almost needed a gurney after sitting with yeah. him. I literally got to spar with Muhammad Ali. And one of my funniest stories was with Frank Sinatra. I'll never forget it. Do you remember Dennis Stein? He was one yes, of his best of friends. Man about town. He had asked me out for dinner, and I got a kick out of Dennis. We never dated, but he was really flamboyant and funny and smart. And as we're walking into Patsy's, literally going into the door, he goes, 
by the way, we're having dinner with Frank and Barbara. I said, as in Sinatra? And he said, mm-hmm. yes. And Robert Wagner and Jill St. John. I said, oh, sure, just a normal dinner. And as we open the door and I see them and he whispers in my ear, he goes, whatever you do, do not tell them you're a reporter. Do not let Frank know that you're in the media. Because remember, at that time, we're talking in the 80s, that Kitty Kelly book came out on Frank Sinatra. And needless to say, he wasn't exactly a fan of female journalists at the time. So I'm thinking, what what do I say I do? So I go to sit down and he couldn't have been nicer. So, Jill, tell me, how'd you meet Dennis? And I'm talking to him. He goes, what do you do? And I looked at Dennis. I said, uh, I'm in real estate. And he said, oh, really? Well, Barbara and I are looking for an apartment. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I'm sitting here lying to Frank Sinatra, and now he wants me to take to him to look him. at an apartment. Can you imagine? <laughs> but knowing you, you could do it. Well, the funniest was Robert Wagner knew who I was because his daughter, Katie Wagner, was an aspiring entertainment reporter at the time, and she knew me. And, you know, I, was in, I wasn't national. I was on local television, and Robert Wagner knew who I was, and he kind of winked at me. And we became friendly years later. In fact, he and Jill are in my book, People We Know, Horses They Love. But I have to tell you, to meet Frank Sinatra, and I became friendly with Barbara. She loved to shop like me, and I would take her. There was a store by the name of Robert Elliott on Madison Avenue, and they had leather and suede, and she loved the color orange. That was Frank's favorite color, too. If you remember, he'd always wear the orange Uh handkerchief in his tuxes, and she loved to shop, and I, you know me, I love to shop, and I love a deal, and she couldn't believe the deals I got, so I would take (laughs) Barbara shopping, and I got to really get to know her, and, you know, it was just the high of highs. But looking back, you know, and Joan, you and I've talked about this before. I was quite friendly with Carolyn Bissett. I met her through Calvin Klein. John she was Kennedy's working for him. Wife. Do you remember Joan? Of course. Yes. And so I, we would get together often. And one night she said, we have to go to this party, you know, on the Upper East Side. And it was in a hotel. And we went there. And who's there? JFK Jr. Now, They hadn't met yet, and I witnessed the whole thing. He was checking her out, walking around looking at her. She knew what was going on. She was very aware. And would you believe he came up to her, and I literally witnessed her blowing him off. She kind of threw her hair back and turned away and walked. And I I went up to her. I said, are you out of your mind? She said, well, he's definitely not used to that. (laughs) She knew how to play it. It was unbelievable. And that night she was staying with me in my apartment, and I kept saying, what are you, crazy? You know, she was really, one. first of all, one of the most beautiful women. Yeah, she had an elegance that was. Oh, what? She just had a look about her, and she played that right. You know, she wasn't going to be like every single woman in the world and throw themselves at him. Uh, But she went the opposite. She basically blew him off. And you know what happened, the the love story that ensued after. But, you know, these stories are just so unbelievable because of my job. I also got to meet Dodi Fayette and went on a date with him. Oh, what was he like? Do you remember? That was a long time ago. Yes, you know, obviously that was the last last relationship that Princess Diana had was with Dodi mm-hmm. Fayette. And I have to tell you, a friend of mine said he's a great guy. He's going to be in New York. You know, he would make he made movies. He was a director and a producer mm-hmm. and he called me and he was so lovely on the phone and literally 
we set a date. He pulls up to my driveway. Now, do you know, Joan, I live on the Upper East Side. There's that circular driveway. Right. He had one of those movie vans that took up the whole driveway where you, you know, literally you sleep in it, you shower in it. And the doormen are going, what the heck is going on? No one could get in and out of the driveway. But he was, honest to goodness, charming. the nicest, forget charming, the nicest sweetest person. Um, you know, I had dog hair all over me. What else is new? Mm. And I said, oh, you have to forgive me. There's no lint brush in the world that can take care of my wardrobe with all my rescues. And he goes, tell me about your dogs. I love dogs. That's so great. Oh, he was just the kindest, looked at you in the eye. You never would even for a minute, other than the van that was longer than you know, the city, uh, think that he had money. He was so down to earth, so kind, so interested in you. And uh, it was really quite an unbelievable experience. Yeah, well, that's an interesting look at this guy who most of us never saw in that way through the eyes of the media. But I remember the years you had the biggest crush on Robert Redford. Oh, boy. Your <laughs> favorite. Yeah, I named my horse uh, Sundance. I would have named yeah. him Hubble. But uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that, you know, when I did that book, People We Know Horses They Love, and because it was benefiting Clay and Newman's foundation, Pegasus, uh, and we had a wonderful chapter in there with her wonderful parents, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. And I called Redford's publicist and assistant at the time and said, you know, Paul Newman is going to be in the book and we're benefiting Pegasus. He said, I'm in. And next thing I know, uh, not only was he in, he was our cover. And the funniest story about that, Joan, I go with my sister, who is the photographer. We go to Sundance. We go out to Utah. And we're photographing him, literally in a huge field. He's on this gorgeous, majestic Palomino. The horse mm. is gold. His hair is gold. I'm on the ground looking up at him. And he said, you know, be careful, Jill, because there's snakes there. And I looked at him. I said, well, if I die looking up at you, it's okay. <laughs> and so, you know, we took the photo. And it's funny because it's the photo where I'm, right when I made that comment, he's smiling, looking down at me. And that's the photo we use for the cover. Aww. And then later that evening, I'm in the restaurant at Sundance and eating dinner. And he's at another table. And I, I went up to him. I said, Bob, I'm so sorry to disturb you. But, you know, I need you to sign this release. And, um, you know, he, he did this whole interview. And, you know, we have to get the release and make sure he's of okay course. with everything. He just quickly signs it, right? Doesn't even read it. Comes over to the table about an hour and a half later. You know, he had a couple glasses of wine. He was feeling good. He sits down. He said, you know, I probably should have read that release. I didn't even read what I was signing. I said, no problem. Next year I'll own half a Sundance, and I'm also going to be Mrs. Robert Redford this year. <laughs> he, he had such a great sense of humor, and every year I get a Christmas card from him. And we have a special relationship. I can honestly say that. You know, he, he's always so kind when I reach out and tell him what I'm doing for rescue. He's so supportive of that because – He's all about the environment and the rescue animals and the wild mustangs and saving whatever he can, preserving what we have now. He's an incredible human being, and he suffered such a loss this year, as you know, Joan, losing his beloved son, Jamie. Oh, awful, because my kids went to school with his kids. Shauna, right, and, and uh, the daughters, right? The, yes. And Amy? Yeah. They all, Amy, they went to Dalton. 
a school a here in New act. York City. You yes. know, he still will not use, his, last, his publicist told me, does not use the Internet. When he writes to you, he'll send you a letter. It's, it's a note, he, right. Yeah, he's really, you know, I would imagine, you know, the technology age we live in and what's going on now, you know, he's one of the class acts and, and just stands for everything that we should all stand for. And Without question. Great person, right? But let me ask you, at one point, you have this career, you're, you're doing great, and you decided, and a lot of us were like, what are you doing to walk away from the celebrity thing, which you were excelling at and had the confidence of all these stars that no one could get, and you said, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I love my friends, but I want to do something more important. Yes, you know, it's interesting. I've maintained relationships with so many of these, I, I hate to say so-called celebrities, because they're just wonderful people who happen to be very well-known. But like Christy Brinkley, you know, I met her when Alexa was in diapers and interviewed. She was my first national interview for People magazine on TV when they had that mm -hmm. special. And with Billy Joel there and Alexa knowing all the words to We Didn't Start the Fire at One-Year-Old uh, Prodigy. And, you know, I've maintained these friendships with Robert Duvall and Lindsay Vaughn. And, you know, it, it's really wonderful because what I did, the next chapter uh, that I went into, animal advocacy, which was really always my oxygen and what I cared about the most, uh, all of these people are involved with as well. So it's kind of been a natural transition where I'm out there helping and saving animals and so many well-known people are doing the same and care about it. So it's actually been easier for me to get some of these great interviews with these famous people because they want to talk about things that matter to them. You mm -hmm. know, and millennials today, young people today, thank goodness, it's not about the product and the plug. It's about the cause. They want to know that if they're purchasing something, it has a purpose. It means something and that their money is going towards something that will make a difference. And so I've maintained those relationships with these celebrities based on what we're doing to give back. And I'll never forget, I was at a screening years ago for It's Complicated, the movie with Meryl Streep and uh -huh. Alec Baldwin. And Meryl Streep was there. And she said, how are you? I mean, again, like Redford, one of the finest human beings you know, Joan, that you'll ever meet. Right. And I said, I'm doing great. I said, you know, I'm no longer the entertainment reporter. And first she took a little gasp. And I said, I've switched my whole beat. I'm now their animal advocate. And she said, good for you. You found your heart's mission. And, you know, I think that's what it's all about. You know the saying, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And, right. you know, that's what it is. And some days are harder than others because you don't get any money for what you love. <laughs> right. No, but, but you started a business, too. You, you develop leashes for rescue. I mean, they're all for a good cause. But you turned this passion, you know, into not only giving back, but into a business that can make a difference. Right. Well, that's what I've, I've been working up and gearing up to this for years because I created all these products. And we're just now, it's brand new for your listeners, PetProductsWithAPurpose.com, a whole website devoted to every product and everything on there is giving back, and all our models are up for rescue and adoption. And it's never been done before. I can honestly say I've reinvented the wheel in that respect, and I'm so excited about this because the products are amazing. Their models are going to hopefully get a home from it, and we give back 
to shelters and to rescue groups. So I'm very, very proud of this. And like I said, we've got great stories on there and celebrities will be involved. And wait till you see, Joan, I cannot wait to get for your beloved fur angel one of my light-up leashes. Uh, You can see your dog a mile away. We have three speeds, marquee lighting, it comes with a charger, and sayings like opt to adopt, I'm a pound hound, be bold, go old, because I'm all about the seniors. And I'm really trying to do things, again, it's not about buying the product just to buy. It's about giving back and saving a life. So I'm hoping... It will do well, um, and more important, just like the initiative I just launched with ARF, we want to get the underdogs out of the shelters. That's hard, too. Yeah, we're focusing, thank God. You know, I had the opportunity to meet the beloved Betty White. It's all about seniors, special needs, and the underdogs, the pit bulls, the ones nobody wants. So, you know, and we've got to change that. We have to change that perception and let people know how wonderful they are so they're not languishing in shelters forever. Well, good luck, Jill Rappaport. We'll talk to you very soon. In fact, it's almost Annabelle, my very neurotic but wonderful (laughs) standard poodle. She's going to be 10. I can't believe my Stanley. My standard poodle is going to be nine. Can you believe it? No, I can't. And she runs like crazy on the beach everywhere. Well, She's I, got if the energy. Any consolation to you, Annabelle's, you know, a, a little crazy, you know, and a, a crazy personality and outgoing, and you know, sometimes, you know, a, a, a little, little too, too outgoing. They yeah. say that those live the longest. The ones that have the feistiest personality tend to to thrive longer. So Annabelle should be around for decades. God bless her. <laughs> all right, Jill. We'll talk again very soon. Okay. Thank you, Jill. I'll see you all the best. That's Jill Rappaport. I'm Joan Hamburg. You're listening to your favorite radio station.